Welcome to the Ike Badgers Podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead, and thank you for tuning in, Badgers fans. It's another good week because the Badgers winning streak is still going, and they now lead the Big Ten West. Number one defense in the nation, still strong. We have a great episode for you today, so thank you for tuning in. We're talking about the defense creating turnovers. We're talking about Braylon Allen's three-touchdown game. We're talking about a dominating win over Northwestern. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Badgers podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead. I will be your host, and the Wisconsin Badgers knocked off Northwestern 35-7. to The defense allowed zero points. It was another continuation of the Badgers getting better, led by Braylon Allen, who stole the show with a 170-plus yard performance and three touchdowns. So we've got a great show. We're really happy you're here. No matter where you're tuning in from around the world, we recently just surpassed 100 countries. It was a goal of ours, and thank you to everyone who's listened or shared this with a friend. We have a great show today. The Badgers winning streak continues. KJ, my co-host, joins us. KJ, how you feeling? Hey, what's going on, Badgers fans? I'm feeling pretty good. Badgers are 7-3. and three. They're up to 18 in the latest AP. We'll see what they end up checking in at in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, but yeah, defense remains number one. Individual players making plays. Offense looking better. Defense just always exciting. Yeah, let's get into it. Yep, let's dive right in. KG, the game kind of uh, started off with another great defensive play from our man, the Ike athlete, Caesar Williams. Caesar getting another pick in the end zone when Northwestern looked to be driving. How do you how big do you think that was for the defense and the momentum of the game early? Yeah, I mean, that was big because you don't want to go down against a team like this. Just you don't want to go down in any uh Big Ten game, let alone Northwestern, because they're just one of those pesky programs. But uh, it allowed Wisconsin to really stay in the driver's seat the whole day. It set the tone. Like, I know the defense was ecstatic about it. And I know Caesar, once he caught that ball, he was looking to take it to the house again. You could see him directing the blockers, like all that good stuff. Uh, But yeah, you know, the defense has always been stout. And we've seen them really ramp up the turnovers recently, which gives them a chance to beat any, uh, really any team they play against. Now that the offense is kind of getting a little better. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Badgers defense with four interceptions. Also, you know, two fumbles forcing or forcing one fumble uh, did not recover that one. But the Badgers defense in general just continued to look dominant. Nick Herbig playing another great game. But Leo Chanel Cage, I think he stole the show. The linebacker finished with 14 tackles, nine solo tackles, had a sack, three tackles for loss. Is it is it time that Leo might be regarded as the best linebacker in college football? I think he's certainly up there. I mean, I know PFF rates him as number one. Uh, you know, George has got a couple really good players. He's also in some competition with his boys on defense, whether that's Sanborn, whether that's Herbig. Noah Burks is playing really, really, really well. Like, obviously, I don't think he's on the level of those guys aforementioned, but really just an exciting guy to watch play. Um, you know, I think the thing that stood out to me most about Leo Chanel is, is just like how much of an impact he's had, 
despite missing the first two games. Like if you look at his stats, he had 14 total tackles, nine solo tackles. That is a ton. He had three tackles for, for loss, a sack. I mean, really, he's just flying all over the field. And it's it's crazy, but you, you are kind of saying it. He is overshadowing Jack Sanborn and Nick Herbig, who are, you know, playing well enough. To, all three of those guys could be, like, All-Americans, honestly, which is really cool. It's really fun to watch this Badgers defense, talented secondary. Uh, you know, Keanu Benton, Matt Henningsen, some of those big boys blowing it up on the line in the trenches. And then the linebacking core, it's a really a complete unit. They're getting takeaways. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's crazy. He he is rated the best linebacker in college football, and he's also backing that up on the field as well. But it's like you he know the guys the in the Badgers own... now in well, tackles, like... despite playing two games less than uh, at, missing two games at the start of the year. So he's came and made an immediate impact, and he's sustaining it. Six and a half sacks. Uh, two forced fumbles, like you said, just around the ball. Great, great at finding angles and being relentless on blitzes. Um, definitely well, see a lot of potential in him. Well, it's like think about this Badgers linebacker room and think about the younger guys because Wisconsin uh, develops talent so well over just the last oh. couple decades as a program. Like the guys, the Daryl Petersons, you know, the Noah Burks, everyone who's just like getting this linebacker osmosis rubbed off on them, whether it be Herbig, whether it be Jack Sanborn, whether it be Leo Chanel, it's really, really, really keeping the bar at a very, very, very high place. It's almost like oh, the running yeah. back rooms of years past, um, you know, have also opened the door for a linebacker room, which is just going to hopefully keep the position group strong from years, for years to come. You know, we saw Chris Orr, Zach Bond, TJ Watt before him, Joe uh, a lot of really talented guys. Yeah, like Ryan Connolly, you know, um, just just even uh, Leon Jacobs, you know, just all these Badgers linebackers just, you know, pretty quietly going to the NFL. And now you see the next generation of, of Zach and Zach Bond and Chris Orr, you know, they, they get their shots in the NFL. And then you see this generation. I think all three of them are going to get their shots in the NFL. And then, you know, I expect the guys behind them too as well. So So that's just kind of my closing thoughts on, Leo Chanel and really just a linebacking group as a whole, it's just setting Got some NFL talent on it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that's what, what I see too. This Badgers defense loaded with talent and it's not the only part of this team. Now this team is looking more complete every single yeah. week. And with Ches Malusi being inactive, the Badgers are thin at running back and so it was the first week, KJ. I know you've been calling it for a while. I think a lot of Badgers fans have been where Braylon Allen was the feature back. And boy, did he not disappoint. Number zero, the Iron Jock athlete, Braylon Allen with 25 carries, 173 yards. That's a 6.9 average, three touchdowns, a 37-yard long in which he ran over multiple defenders. KJ, who does he remind you of? Man, Braylon Allen, it's like we put up that poll. Does he a little bit of John Clay? Well, I think he's faster. Uh, is he a little bit of Monty Ball? Well, I think he's more explosive and, and bigger. Is he a little Jonathan Taylor? Yes, I don't think he's that fast. But the guy I forgot to put in there is Melvin Gordon. You know, a lot of people mentioned P.J. Hill. I think he's much more talented than P.J. Hill. Uh, shout to P.J. Hill, though. Melvin Gordon just has a very similar... Uh, you know, he's obviously not as big as Braylon Allen, but he, he's got that inertia in the same way he's a little bigger than, like, 
you know, maybe a Jonathan Taylor or whatever, but he's got that lightning quick speed. And, and it's funny because Jonathan Taylor ended up running a faster 40 than Melvin. And we all know Melvin had that uh, turn on the Jets breakaway speed as well. Honestly, it's really like you see a little bit of every Wisconsin back, uh, great Wisconsin back in Braylon Allen. What's really exciting is we haven't really seen a back like him yet. At, no, uh, <laughs> Iron and, Man. Maybe yeah, that's like, what we should call him. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And you look at Ches Malusi, it's like, great player but just wasn't really showing off anything special in my opinion that that kind Agreed. of uh, you know just well, really... his final stats on the year i i just got them up actually yeah let's see so let's ches malusi had 173 attempts and 815 yards it's a 4.7 average and five touchdowns meanwhile Braylon has 834 yards on the year so that's 29 more yards and he did it and only 118 carries. So yeah. that is 55 less carries than Ches Malusi. That's a 7.1 average for Braylon Allen. He's had a 70-yard long and nine touchdowns. The yeah, I mean, 17-year-old stole the show. If you take away Ches Malusi's long runs, it's like, where does that put him at? You know, it's like, you know, subtract the minimum, subtract the maximum, subtract those outliers, see where he looks. He looks very, very, very average. You know, and it's like I, I talk about this a little bit in regards to other backs, whether it's Derrick Henry, whether it's A.J. Dillon on the Packers. It's Braylon Allen has one of the the last things that can't really be quantified in a box score or like a stat or an advanced stat. And that's really like the fall forward ability, the fall forward factor. And that's when he, you know, gets the point of contact. You see these crazy stats he's putting up after getting hit. Oh, yeah. Is he'll grab a yard or two or three or four forward you know when the play seems to be to be stopped in its tracks where so many running backs will you know just end up going backwards whether it's Ches Malusi whether it's Aaron Jones and the Packers it's these smaller guys who can't overpower you know three bodies trying to bring them down well Braylon Allen can and when you give a guy like Graham Mertz or any any talented quarterback you know a third and three versus like a third and seven it's going to really just... You have both options. You can. It's going to take a lot of pressure off your offense, you know? So, yeah. so that's one thing that, you know, frankly, like, Braylon just brings that none of these other backs do. I'm excited to see more Julius Davis. I'm excited to see a little bit more of the other guys. Um, but Braylon's the guy, you know? He, he's the guy. He's the back here. Yep, and he, he's only going to get bigger, I think, more athletic. 17 years old. Who, who knows what he'll look like in, in a year or two. He's looking really good already this season. KJ, back to the game, though. Um, the receivers, Jake Ferguson had four receptions for 43 yards and one touchdown. Danny Davis had three receptions, 46 yards. That's a 15.3 average and one touchdown. Graham Mertz said before the game that Jake Ferguson, people know... I yeah. forget what the exact quote is, but people the know. The whole world knows he's a pro. The whole world knows he's a pro. Jake Ferguson, are are they starting to see an expanded role for him in this offense? I mean, they should be. You know, it's almost just like throw it up and let him go make a play. That's what they say about your playmakers, whether it's Randy Moss, whether it's, you know, a talented guy on any team in any circumstance. Jake Ferguson is going to give you probably a better than 50-50 shot at a you know, bringing that ball in. So I would like to see a little more opportunity in terms of just giving him some challenges. And, but yeah, I mean, I've been saying it throughout the entire year. It's like Jake Ferguson is going to be judged upon his earlier tape. Like he'll, he'll get judged on his tape this year too, but a lot of evaluators in the NFL are going to realize like, Hey, 
He didn't have the greatest quarterback play, but this guy is just so well-rounded. He's fundamentally sound. He's got a diverse skill set. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He's a pro. You know, Graham Mertz said it best. He's looking right now a second-round grade. You know, it, it's like we'll see, if, we'll see if he rises. I can't really envision him rising too much because we don't know what this guy's top-end speed is. But I think that, you know, some team's going to be very, very, very happy getting Jake Ferguson, I think, in like day, day two, honestly, that second or third round. And really, you know, if he runs well, maybe he'll even go day one. Like the guy's got it all. He reminds me of a little poor man's TJ Hawkinson. You know, maybe that's even not giving uh, Ferguson enough credit. Like he, he blocks. He's got a great tight end frame. He's going to translate very well to the NFL. You know, he, he can run all sorts of routes. He can make catches. He's played in a pro-style offense. He's a willing blocker. And, yeah, you know, right now that we're hearing that he's a second-round grade, but I think he could – tight ends are one of those positions that they tend to rise. Yep. I think Jake Ferguson, he's a pro that I think a lot of teams are looking at like a complete prospect. That's probably why you think of TJ Hawkinson as a guy who can block as well as pass catch. He's had – he showcased great hands this season – there he is getting in the end zone again on another good catch. Well, uh, like, Mertz is starting to find him and find his chemistry with the guy. It's like, well, it's he's like why do these good. linemen go top five, top ten in the draft every single year? It's because they're the most important position, you know, or one of the most important positions in terms of like blocking as a skill for your quarterback is one of the most important elements of being a successful in the game of football. So it's like Jake Ferguson, you know, as a tight end, and he's, when you're bringing that skill set that get linemen drafted so high, it's just going to push him up too. And we saw that happen with TJ Hawkinson and, and other tight ends. You know, Kyle Pitts, Noah offense, no offense. These guys are really more receiving tight ends that, you know, they were drafted high. Uh, they, they ran really well, but they were, weren't nearly as complete, in my opinion, as, you know, a Jake Ferguson or TJ Hawkinson. Well, you think back to some of the former Badger tight ends, you got Owen Daniels, Garrett Travis Graham, Beckham. Travis Beckham. I think Ferguson rounds the best in, of all of them. He he rounds in kind of like the most complete. You know, he might not be as fast as Owen Daniels, but he's definitely probably a better blocker. Oh, yeah. uh, Garrett Graham was more of the blocking tight end, and I think Graham is. You know, I think Ferguson will be better than Garrett Graham. And then you got Travis Beckham, who of course was you know a great athlete, uh, offered a lot of versatility at the position. He might have Ferguson there, but Ferguson definitely has his own good characteristics that any NFL team would want. Mm-hmm. Um, Badgers have put out tight ends, and he, he might be the next one. Um, moving on to the defense, I want to look at the turnover creators, the four interceptions, John Torchio, Caesar Williams, Jordan Turner, Dean Ingram. Four picks. I was the happy Badgers to see are Dean doing that. One. Yeah, you want to talk about Dean's pick, Cage? Yeah, you know, I was just happy to see Dean get one. Like, if you get to know this guy, if you listen to the Ike Badgers podcast episode with him and, and even just watch his technique on the field, you know that he comes from an NFL background. Uh, you know, the game is in his blood. Um, and he just does a lot of little things right, whether it's his mindset, whether it's his being a good teammate, whether it's challenging his you know, Alex Smith, Caesar Williams, Fan Hicks, and, and being challenged by Alex Smith, Caesar Williams, and Fan Hicks, whether it's returning punts, whether it's playing nickelback, you know, whether it's providing cover when when your boys gets beat, you know, it's like 
Dean Ingram has done a lot of little things that don't often get get credited, and I was really happy to see him just come up with that play because he deserves it. You know, he's a good football player, and Badgers fans are going to see the best get uh, used of to his in, name. in the years coming forward. Yeah, don't don't sleep on Dean Ingram, Badgers fans. He's he's got some he's got a lot of exciting stuff to do here. Oh yeah, and then on the other side of the spectrum, Caesar Williams kind of had to turn around and make an acrobatic catch while keeping his feet in the end zone. It was a high-coordination play. KJ, what did you like in Caesar Williams' pick? That's now his third in four games. Three interceptions in four games from Caesar Williams, Caesar Island, the Ike athlete. The thing about Caesar, a lot of people don't understand, is how big he is in person. This guy is like, he's a massive wide receiver type build. You know, and yeah. there's, there's that one line where... Like, if you put Caesar Williams next to Dean Ingram, like, Caesar's a monster. You know, that's just kind of how it is. But, obviously, there's speed involved as well. But, you know, there's that one line where they say cornerbacks play on the defensive side of the ball because maybe they're receivers who weren't the greatest at catching. Well, you definitely see Caesar with hands. You know, we've seen our fair share of dropped picks, whether that's, uh, you know, the Badgers pros. or other teams as, as well, yeah. like college pros. and. There are defenders who don't have hands. Exactly. Just those, like, magnitude of the big plays that an interception is. If you're a defensive back who can catch, I mean, and you're going to get your chances if you play your technique well, as we've seen with Dean, we've seen with Fayon, we've seen with Caesar. Well, we asked Caesar, KJ, what was the one thing he wanted to work on uh, in regards to his game? And he said ball skills. Work on the ball skills, taking the ball out of the air like a receiver. And that was a prime example of what he's, you know, been putting the work in to accomplish. Yeah. It's just really exciting to see, you know, you can't throw at Caesar. He's showing three picks in the last four games. You throw at him in the end zone, he has a potential to, to really make your team hurt if you throw it his way. Oh, and yeah. I think that's going to help him. You know, we have Ohio State coming up in the Big Ten Championship game. If we play our cards right, we'll end up there. And they have two first-round receivers. So if you line up Fan on one side, if you line up Caesar on the other side, you give a little bit of help with the safeties, you know, you're feeling decent to let that line linebacker core and defensive line go to work. You know, maybe a few, few things can break the batter's way where Braylon Allen can pound on the, on the Ohio State defense. You know, maybe Graham and Ferguson connect, can connect for, like, one passing touchdown. Uh, but really, like, I feel good about the defense keeping us in any big-time matchup the rest of this year. And, Me too. you know, especially when you break down those key, key matchups like Ohio State who do have not just one first-round receiver. They have two. So it's like even if Caesar is balling, we're going to need more than that. But it's like I feel good knowing I got a great future NFL cornerback on one Ohio State first-round receiver. You got a great uh, future NFL quarterback and fan on the other receiver. And – um well, how you about know, this, KJ? Yeah. Ohio State, fifth overall Buckeyes, they just beat the Purdue Boilermakers 59-31. to 31. You talked last pod about how their defense is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Giving up 31 points to Purdue. Yeah. The Badgers, meanwhile, gave up 13 points on the road. It's, uh, it's looking pretty apparent to me that the Badgers have a better defense than Ohio State. We'll see. Of course, Ohio State has great athletes, can never count them out for what they can bring. But the way this team is complete on defense is just, to me, is just really a great thing to see. It's exciting. That's why it makes every play on defense exciting. We actually threw out a poll 
What's more exciting, the Badgers' <laughs> offense or defense? And what was it, Cage? 90% voted defense? It was something lopsided like that. But, yeah, I mean, like, in but, years past when you're going up— Sorry, go ahead, Al. Oh, I had just had one point. One guy who doesn't get—he's not in the box score this week, but he's really the key to this defense. Keanu. Keanu Benton. <laughs> you know who I was going because he is a game wrecker there he in is. the trenches. What do you think he offers this team that doesn't show up in the box score? I mean, he just eats up blocks. First of all, his attitude. Like, a lot of, uh, you know, broadcasts and, like, reporters, Badgers fans, they'll come out and tell you that Keanu Benton is from Janesville. Well, if you listen to the Ike Badgers podcast episode, he's actually not from Janesville. He's from, you know, inner city Chicago. And he didn't always know where his next meal was going to come from before eventually moving to Janesville. So this guy come like you've got to play well. You know, he's he's got that fire lit underneath him just to better his situation, better his family. I mean, he eats up multiple blockers. He's got a great attitude. He's a fun guy. He's very talented. Everybody you talk to uh, seems to think Keanu Benton is is going to the NFL after this season. He's obviously still, you know, has more eligibility left. But everyone on the ground floor seems to talk seems to think that Keanu's, you know, probably going to take his talents to the NFL after this season. It, it's it's just been a joy watching him. You know, it's like he, the Badgers linebackers would not be as talented as they are without Keanu making their lives easier. I think he know? adds the fear to this defense. I really think he does. He's he's the He's kind of like the the great equalizer down there. Uh, well, yeah, and it's like if you look at Ohio State, in years past, they had like the Chase Young on the other side. They had the Joey Bosa, the Nick Bosa. It's extremely hard to objectively go into a game like that and win, you know, because you know they're going to yeah. be stacked on offense. Like, you know they're going to have some five-star. <laughs> Every QB Badger was pretty much saying Chase Young was the scariest player or like the most intimidating yeah. player they've ever seen. So just and, picture all these Badgers – being shocked at how big Chase Young is. Well, and it's like this year they don't, you know, so it's like the Badgers have a, li- a D lineman game record in Keanu who could potentially, you know, they lost Josh Myers, their center to the Packers in the draft. Well, Keanu could give him trouble. And when you get trouble in the trenches, it can really throw a wrench in an entire team's game plan. Open things up for a connect for Herbie. And it's like, exactly, it's like maybe the defense gets you seven points, but really Graham Mertz and the offense, Braylon Allen, like, there, I think it's going to be a low-scoring shot. Like, what if the Big Ten Championship game is something like, you know, 28-21 or, or 21-14, 21-17? I think that's kind of where it's going to hover. I think um, that's where it's headed. Yeah, so, so I'm really excited. Yeah, Keanu Benton, you can't got to give him a lot of credit. Got to give the safeties a lot of credit, whether it's Torchio, you know, Colin Wilder, uh, Scotty Nelson, just complete unit. I'm got to give say, credit to the whole unit. team. Yeah, I mean, they've really turned this thing around to look – it's – Headed in the real a real nice direction. Six straight wins. Uh, the Badgers' cage ranked 19th in the AP poll. They ranked 20th in the coaches' poll. They're behind Iowa in the t- AP poll, which means probably in the college football playoff, you have to think Wisconsin will be higher than Iowa. Um, there's a lot of teams ahead of Wisconsin that don't make a whole lot of sense in the AP, such as Texas A&M, UTSA, BYU, Wake Forest. How how good do you think this team is playing right now in terms of its ranking, and where do you think they'll actually come in at? You're talking about the Badgers? The Badgers. You know, I think the Badgers are kind of playing right where they need to be. Um, teens, you know, I think uh, I'd like to see a little more of the offense. If the offense goes up and puts up like a 
you know, keeps putting up these big point totals, I think then you can talk about us as a top 10 team. And it wouldn't surprise me if we end up there before the year is over or just by the end of the year. Like, I, this team, the defense is number one. The offense isn't quite that talented uh, from the sense where it's translating to the stats right now. So, so they're very talented, but, you know, it's not given the output of a top 10 offense, for example. Well, you know, something's got to average out in there, and I think the batters land in the teens right now. I think they're easily a top 25 team. I mean, this defense is so talented, you can't really i mean they're just so talented it's like there aren't there aren't teams in the in the college football landscape with better defense beats good offense typically colleges you know can that rule can be fluctuate but the pros that's how it goes um i have a question for you i'd say they're right where they need to be um i'd hope we can get into the top 10 by the year's end yep I, i was just noticing this ohio state sits atop the big 10 east wisconsin a big atop the Big Ten West. Both teams control their own destiny. You have to believe that Ohio State will be there. Wisconsin gets there. And Wisconsin beats Ohio State, right? Yep. In the seventh and eighth spot right now, you got Michigan State and Michigan, who've already played, who both might finish the season with one loss, but no Big Ten championship. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you do? Does a Big Ten team get into the college football playoff or not? Well, I think, like, I'm hoping Michigan State stumbles so they get two losses, and I think Michigan's going to lose to Ohio State. You know, so that would, therefore they would have two losses, and if the Badgers beat Ohio State, then you would have to probably rank us probably ahead of Michigan and Michigan State, but... Still not it's in the top look, four. Like, in my opinion, you, messy. you can't put a team with two losses in the top four. It's like no. maybe you can get away with one, but who does that leave? It leaves Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon. Like, there's Cincinnati. I, I don't really buy it. Um, Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Wake Forest. So it's like if you ask me who are the best four teams right now, I think you got to go with Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and then maybe, like, an Oregon or a Cincy. Like, I don't really believe in Oregon like that. You know, I think the Pac-12 is extremely weak, and they're talented, but I think it's, like, think about how bad Washington is. Think about how bad Stanford is. Think about how bad USC is. I don't buy it. You know, I, I, they, are, they already have a loss, too, and they're ranked fifth, and they might shoot up in the CFP poll because they're in a decent conference, but, like, the ACC and the Pac-12 are an absolute joke. They're just like you said. It's messy. You know, a lot of teams have taken L's this year. Well, it's, it's so terrible the SEC's, for the, the SEC's only got four teams ranked. Cage. That is surprising. You know, if you look at some of these other teams, okay, Utah, Pac-12, they're seven and three. They're in the NC State, seven and three. They're in the ACC. They're ranked. Uh, you know, unusual. San Diego State, I believe they're uh, Mountain West or something these days, but they're ranked. Louisiana, they're Sun Belt. They're ranked. Pittsburgh, ACC, I believe, or is that. Yeah, I believe that's ACC. Uh, They're ranked. UTSA, they're ranked. It's like Houston's ranked. BYU's ranked. Wake Forest is ranked. I mean, geez, you know, it's like the batters would knock off all these teams if you ask me. These are some pretenders, in my opinion. Yeah, and and it's, mm, I don't know. Feel good points? Feel good points? We'll we'll see. Like, we've got a couple weeks for these uh, polls to kind of iron themselves out a little more. Yeah. Uh, Big Ten is looking competitive. 
a lot of highly ranked teams. Wisconsin's actually the lowest-ranked Big Ten team. There's Iowa ahead of them, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. It's looking good, and it's going to come down to the end of the season. Looking ahead at the next week, KJ, Wisconsin takes on Nebraska. The Cornhuskers, where they've traditionally done pretty well. Do you expect anything but a dominating win? Yeah, I mean, Nebraska, they, they had like a decent start to their year. But if you look at their schedule, they've had some really, really, really close losses. So, so they, they lost to Illinois by eight points to start the year, two big wins. And then they lost to number three, Oklahoma, by seven. It's one touchdown. Also, Michigan State by three. You know, they're, they're really highly ranked. In they overtime. dominated Northwestern, 56-7. Then they lost by three points to a top 10 Michigan team, and they lost by nine points to a top five Ohio State team. So it's like, you can't really sleep on this team. It's almost like the no. batters in the beginning of the year wow. were, were taking all these L's against big opponents, but then we like use that level of competition barometer to then carry that into to all these wins following that. But like they've been in every game they've played this year. KJ. Exactly. Nebraska's been in every game, and it's like they haven't been able to turn that into like wins but they might be able to uh, just given you know the prior track record of the schedule this year I think the badges win you know I think it's it's in Camp Randall so we usually do well at home there uh 2 30 p.m we'll see if it snows um that'll be kind of cool to see Braylon in the snow but I expect a win you know and, the, and then the final uh game of the season let's see who the badges play for Minnesota that. Minnesota I expect two wins, you know, and then and then we'll see what happens. Ohio State, they'll play Michigan. Michigan could beat them this year. You know, their quarterback, McNamara or whatever his name is, Shane McNamara, he looks decent. You know, I saw him making some zippy throws that were actually tight windows, and you're just not used to seeing that as a Michigan quarterback, from a Michigan quarterback. No, so you're like, usually used to nothing on the offensive literally side. Literally nothing. It's like, well, I don't really believe in Michigan. I will say they look better on the offensive side of the ball than in years past. And another fun fact about Michigan is that their defender is the highest graded defender in the entire nation. So one of the only defenders, while Leo Chanel is ranked the top is he the linebacker, DN? I believe so. He's the DN. I'd have to double check who it is exactly. But um, I think he's number yeah, 97. I, mean, I remember all, hearing he was a monster. Um, but the Badgers could rematch up against Michigan, you're saying, then in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, they've got to take care of biz. And then we could beat Michigan. That would be sweet. You know, if the Badgers beat Michigan and they, uh, I think they would end up 10-3 and three heading into Michigan, Ohio State, or Michigan State, whoever it is. Um, this yeah. season's turned around, Badgers fans. I think that's where I just want to, you know, wrap things up today is just say this, this season has completely turned around. This team is competing again for the Big Ten Championship. And they're 7-3. and three. It's been a, and you could arguably say that this team could be nine and one, eight and two or nine and one, um, had some, had they been playing like they are now. So peaking at the right time, potentially just want to say, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, go check out some of our other shows, the Ike Packers podcast, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, that team is the best team in the M- NFL. Great stuff going on over there at Ike Packers, Ike Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. Giannis content 
Everything Barks, Pat Connington interview. Go check out Ike Barks. And then, of course, we have the Brewers show as well. Ike Brewers for the Brewers news. We kind of just touched based on a, a you know, you know, off-season pod, a modest take on that show. So we're excited. Um, and we're really always grateful to have you here. Yep. Coach Riley coming out on Friday. The final episode of the Badgers and Friends series. Season 2 airs this Wednesday. That's going to be hype. Cage, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, Badgers fans, just want to thank you guys for riding with us. Um, you know, Wisconsin, they took three early L's, but they have not stumbled since then. So it's just we're right kind of where we we can control. You know, you can't change the past. You can only look forward. And that's what the Badgers have done, and they've kind of taken their opportunities as they've come since that rough start to the season. I just want to say thanks for joining in. Um, and also keep your eyes open. We're going to kick off the third annual Ike Toy Drive this year. Um, for the kids at Children's Hospital, keep your eyes open for more info on that. Every year we, we try and round up as many toys as we can and go and drop them off to the kids uh, just because it's something nice to do and, and nothing could be more pure than the kids. Um, unfortunately, a lot of kids get, you know, and their families get hit with big, big, big hospital bills around the holidays and, and no one would want to you know, be stuck in a hospital on the holidays or whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas and and let alone be trying to pay your medical bills and not being able to get these kids any, you know, any holiday gifts or anything like that. So it's just a way that we give back. You can make the, the world a little better place. Um, there's so many opportunities to give these days that if you're looking for something, we encourage you to do it here. That's the Ike Community Toy Drive. We have videos on YouTube. We got a video on Welcome to Ike if you want to check that out. Um, videos of last year. Year one, it was great. We filled up a pickup truck. Uh, year two, we quadrupled it. We filled up two fire trucks. Um, and year three, we're looking to just make it be even bigger. So check that out. More information to come. Thanks for riding with us, Badger fans. We will catch you very soon.